passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's C Sparky Fiber, 1250 AM, the fan, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. How y'all doing here on a Monday evening? The Bucks somehow or another escape with a victory. Two victories escaped with. Uh, between Saturday's high score and shootout in tonight's 122 to 113. Bucks victory over the Detroit Pistons. Uh, I had a buddy uh, text me uh, who's a casual Bucks fan. Uh text me and goes, The Bucks stink. Well, record says no, they don't stink. Uh, I test sometimes they look like they stink. I'll give you that. Uh, but record wise, no, they, they don't stink based on record uh, bench. Uh, there's no bench on this team. I mean, the, the bench is just trash at this point. It, it really is. There's, there's really nothing. I mean, Portis is the closest that you have. Uh, Crowder's trying to find his way in his rhythm and, you know, hopefully he'll get back in the swing of things. I mean, he hit that three and it looked like the weight of the world was lifted off of his shoulders when he finally hit that three in this game uh, in the second half. There's just not much there at all. You know, Jackson plays hard um, and, you know, uh, he plays hard. I will leave it at that. Uh, so there's just there's just not a lot there, Marzian. And uh, I think that's going to be kind of uh, one of the things that you look at at the trade deadline. We'll get more into that later in the podcast as far as the trade deadline goes. But not only are we talking about a wing defender, they got to find somebody that can do something consistently off of this bench at this point. Yeah, that is that is my main takeaway from these two games is, you know, I don't think that this team is overall bad, but the bench is clearly really bad. You know, they I just put, posted the I know you're not a big plus minus guy, but um, when you look at just the the starters versus bench plus minus in these two games, I mean, both games, it was it was incredible. You know, all the starters had positive plus minus by, a, you know, a decent margin and all the, the bench guys had negative plus minus. Um, if you combine the two games, Giannis was plus 25, Dame was plus 38, Chris was plus 16, Brooke was plus 33, Beasley was plus 43. And then on the bench, Bobby minus 25, Jay minus 19, Pat minus 27, Andre Jackson minus nine. Um, the only bench guy that was decent tonight was Andre Jackson. He had a good stretch, especially in the second quarter. Um, but yeah, the bench has been killing them. You know, it seems like as soon as they, they, they always start the game. It seems like decently well when the starters are playing. They have a good open to the third quarter when the starters are playing, and then they have to wait kind of until the starters get back in to close the game, and then they have a good closing, you know, good, good closing minutes. But in between, it's just very iffy when when you know you bring in Bobby and you're bringing in Pat and you're bringing in, um, you know, Jay Carter was bad tonight. So that's the main takeaway for me. I'm not. I don't think that overall they played. I don't think that overall 
you know, there's any other long-term takeaways for me for these, because at the end of the day, these, these were two outlier shooting performances. Last game, it was the Pistons outlier shooting 57% from three. And then this game, it was the Bucks outlier shooting 25% from three. Um, I mean, if the Bucks shoot 35%, they're winning this game by 20 points. And it was the same with if the Pistons just shot 40% instead of 60% in on Saturday, the Bucks win that game by 20 something points. Like I'm not, you know, the games were close because yeah, the, the Pistons were red hot last game and the Bucks were ice cold this game. Um, I don't expect those things to ever, you know, be, be continuing long-term. So I'm not worried about those things. The only thing that I think is a long-term takeaway from these games is the bench stuff. You know, you're going to, you have to get some bench help here. And I trust horse. I trust that horse will, you know, I think that his, his past has shown that he's going to go get someone at the deadline, someone to come in here and, um, you know, be a, a sixth or seventh guy for us. So that's the only big takeaway I have from these two games. Chris Haynes, uh, NBA insider, uh, said uh, on his podcast that the Bucks and John Horse were being very aggressive in trying uh, to make moves here uh, coming up on the trade deadline. So what that ends up being, we'll have to wait and see. But obviously they're not sitting with their hands underneath their legs and not doing anything. Obviously, John Horse, a mentor, uh, John Hammond, a mentor of John Horse. I call John Hammond Trader John because every year he did something. One way or the other, he was making a trade. He never sat still. And it appears John Horst uh, is the same way. Follow Nathan Marzian on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Download the Green and Growing Podcast on your Odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends, tell your family. More time now can be dedicated to the Bucks as fans because Packer season's over. Uh, okay, so let, let's talk a, a little bit uh, about Adrian Griffin, if you don't mind. I was listening to the uh, the flagship pregame show uh, leading up to the Bucks uh, tonight. Had it on in the car while I was driving around. And uh, Adrian Griffin was talking about this Bucks defense and said that he sees progress, that he sees them starting to figure it out and they're headed in the right direction and they're eventually going to get it. And Jim Ozarski in the back of the room, so at least what it sounded like on the radio that he was in the back of the room, pretty much said, well, I mean, how, how, is there a sense of urgency here? Do you really want them to finally figure it out come the first week of April and have like two weeks of actually kind of playing, knowing how they're doing it, anything like that? And he just reiterated that they're going to get it. Not worried about it. I can see on tape that they're getting it and we're going in the right direction. So for those of you that want them to change defenses, that is not occurring. Uh, and he is standing behind that this defense is working and that it's going to continue to work and it's going to continue to get better going forward. So he is both feet in on this defense and we're not changing it. And this is going to work. I watched this game tonight. I watched that last game against the Pistons. I don't know what he sees. Obviously, I'm not an NBA coach, but I clearly don't see what he sees. I mean, I see the same type of stuff game in and game out attacking this Bucks team. Uh, and seemingly there are no answers game in and game out of what's going on here. When you go shot for shot back and forth with the freaking Detroit Pistons, multiple games, and you we could talk about outliers if they don't shoot well, if they're shooting really well, doesn't matter. I mean, they had problems. Yes, it does matter, though. Yes, it does problems. matter. No, they had problems stringing stops against the Pistons both games. You could say, well, they were red hot that game. Okay, well, they weren't red hot this game, and they still couldn't stop them. It was going back and forth, back and forth. And even Novak said, every time they score, Detroit has an answer. It's the Pistons. They have four wins. This should not be a game. You yourself on Twitter said, was it today? I think it was today that you looked at this and go, well, Pistons don't shoot that well. This should be a blowout. It wasn't no damn blowout. It was the point for point to the four four minute mark of this game. It was embarrassing for two games watching this crap. Sparky, the 
because the Bucks then shot like crap. I don't expect either of those things to continue. What does that have to do with the defense? Team. Who cares what they shoot like? I'm talking about the Because Bucks that was the whole reason defense. the game was close. The game would not have been close if the Bucks shot normal from three. No, and the Bucks had a 109 defense. defense. They don't play Rookie. defense. Rookie, the Bucks had a 109 defensive rating tonight. That it would be second in the NBA. They had a good defensive rating tonight. They're they were not bad. They were four wins. They got four they had a 100, wins, on. And they had the, And they had a defensive rating that reflected that. What does every other team have with their defensive rating in one game when they play the Pistons with their four-win team? I mean, again, it's one game. That's great. But I'm telling you, and nobody was pointing it out as it was happening. Bucks would score. Pistons would score. Back and forth, back and forth we go like a ping pong ball. And you're telling me, well, their defense was really good, Spark. I don't, I mean, that's fine. No, I, I, don't, I don't think it was good at all. No. 109 defensive rating, that would be second in the league. Like that, they allowed 109, they, they allowed 109 points per 100 possessions. That is mm-hmm. not bad at all. And you can, and you can't, wonderful. You can't you can't change your argument though. You can't say the defense sucked and then say, oh well, the defense was good, but it was against a four-way. You can't I never said the defense was good. You're saying the defense was good against a four-way team. I'm just saying I just gave you a stat that the defense was good, and you said, well, tell you what, Nathan, when they do that against Boston with your 109 rating, then we got something. When you do it against the worst team in the league, I don't care about the numbers against a four-win team. When you just played them. And they had they a better defensive rating against Boston. They had a better defensive rating against Boston than they did tonight. They, you just asked me to, to for them to do it against Boston. They were amazing defensively against Boston. A what week was and their rate? What was the rating in that game? I think ninety nine. Okay, fine. Then you got me on that one. Fine, but I, to me, I don't think their defense is very good. I mean, if you if you want to get behind this defense, role in general, I don't think it's good in general. I think these last two games, the defense has not been a huge issue. The first game. You can't help sometimes when the other, they shot 21 of 37 from three, and yes. a lot of them were contested. And I mean, you can you can sit there and say, oh, well, that, that, that's the defense along 135 points. If a team shoots 21 of 37 from three, they're going to score a crap ton of points. I don't care who it is. And you can say it's the Pistons. The Pistons did not play like the Pistons on Saturday. They played like a good That's team on Saturday. It always goes when we play a bad team. Well, they played better than their record against the Bucks. They were they they shot always twenty one of thirty seven. What are you supposed to do when a team shoots twenty one of thirty seven? Because they were guarding the three point line. They did. They guarded it fairly well on Saturday. So what are you what are you complaining about then? If they're guarding the three point line and the team is making threes, what do you like? What is the complaint? Were those the only shots they took? Were twenty one shots the whole game? Was they that all they took? Sparky, did on their on Tuesday Nathan, they, were, they had open, open shots in that game. If you don't think they took open shots in that game, you should go back and watch that game. Yes, they contested some of the threes. I agree, but it wasn't like they didn't have open shots tonight. I'm watching guys drive up. Brooks looking at them. They stop, pull up in front of Brook, boop from 15 feet. Stop, pull up in front of Brook, boop from 15 feet. Over and over and over, we were doing the same old thing, and the Bucks had nothing. Shot 40 percent from two on Saturday. So I don't wow. know. They were they were they were good on defense outside of the, even including the threes. But if you just take away the threes, they were good on defense. They they didn't allow a ton of two point shots on Saturday. They just the, the Pistons hit a ton of threes to make it look like it was way worse than it was. And then tonight, overall, I thought the Bucks were not that bad. They had bad stretches. They had bad moments. But the Pistons shot whatever. I mean, I don't even, I'm trying to pull up the numbers what they shot tonight. Um, you have a a 109 defensive rating is very much good. That is completely fine. 
Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The Pistons shot 10 of 30 on threes, and they shot, what is that, 30 of 69, or 30 of 59 on twos. So they shot about 50% on twos, which is not great, not terrible. Yeah, the, they shot 45% from the field. The Bucks shot 45%. From, I'm rounding up, 44.9, 44.7, from the field. Pistons shot 33% from three on 30 shots. Bucks shot uh, 25.5% from three on 39 shots. So they took 10, nine more shots from three than the Pistons did. They both made 10 of them uh, at the end of the day. Uh, and again, 122-113 bucks over the Pistons. Uh, so again, if if we're going to disagree on this, I'm fine disagreeing uh, with you on this one way or the other. But when you play a four-win team and you're supposedly going to be this team that's going to be that team at the end, especially after that last game, and I agree with you when I saw it on Twitter, like, okay, Come back, blow these boys out, show them who the boss is, and let's roll. And that just never, ever got going in this game. It never happened. They were never that far out in front. And I would be, I would be more concerned about it if it was because of the defense. It wasn't. It was because the offense couldn't hit anything tonight, and it kept the Pistons in the game. So then, yes, you are technically you're going shot for shot against these guys late. But it never would have been that close had the Bucks shot a normal percentage from three. They would, they would have been up a lot more in this game, and it wouldn't seem as bad as it was. I don't think. Anything about these games being close was sustainable or anything I'm long-term worried about. I'm not worried about teams shooting 57% from three on us in the long term. I'm not worried about the Bucks shooting 25%, and they were worse than that for most of this game. They were like 18% from three. Um, they, I think they were they were three of 17 in the first half, and then at the end of the third quarter, I want to say they were six for 31. If you shoot six of 31, and they still have the lead. I mean, I know it's the Pistons, but you're shooting six of 31. Like, it's going to be hard to keep a lead when you're shooting six for 31. Um, so do you say, if obvious. you're the coach, if you're the coach, and you're that cold from three, do you say, keep shooting them, guys? Because that's what Bud would say. Keep shooting them, or do you come up with a different plan of attack for your team when you're that cold from three? Well, I mean, I'm not going to tell guys like Dame or Chris or Beasley to stop shooting. Um, I would say... You know, obviously, you maybe let's try to get it into Giannis or Lopez more, which I thought they did late. Um, and but if you're going to get open, I mean, Beasley had a ton of open looks tonight. Yeah, he was three of eight from three. Lillard was two of ten from three. Yeah, and so I mean, it's just like, and then the whole bench. I mean, you're zero for three from Bobby, one of four from Jay, zero of one from Pat, zero of one from Andre Jackson. Um, and Giannis took five threes, which didn't help. But I just, I don't know. I don't think that that six of 31 through three quarters. Like that's not something I'm ever worried about. That's going to be a long-term thing. Cause they've shown us they can shoot the ball. They can score the ball a, a ton this year. So 
I look at that and say, okay, you know, let's close this out. Let's get a win. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit closer than we wanted because we shot like crap. But if if the shooting in either of these games was normal, the Bucks would win the game by like statistically. You can the Bucks would have won the game by twenty five points or whatever it would be if the shooting in these games was normal in both games. And I don't think we'd be having the same conversation just based on just because of some shots that went in or out. And again, if the Bucks were giving up wide open threes in that first game, and you could say, well, you can't just assume the shooting will go down because they gave up wide open looks. I get that. They were not. The Bucs did not give up wide open looks all game in that first game. The Pistons shot lights out. If the Bucs were not getting good looks in this game, you could say, well, why are you assuming that the, the shots should go in? They were getting wide open looks. So I'm not worried about either of those things continuing. It was an outlier shooting night the first night. It was an outlier shooting night the second night. They still won both of the games despite having an outlier shooting night against them in both nights. And this game, that I mean, again, I'd be much more upset right now if this was a close game because the defense continued to suck and because they allowed them to just completely torch them from two. And you were, I mean, again, there was a, a stretch of, of time where, yeah, like they were going a little, uh, you know, shot for shot with this team for like four minutes, but you allowed 56 in the first half and which, which is not a bad number. And you allowed 109 points per hundred possessions. I just, I don't know what the big gripe is with the defense, with this game. I understand the defense as a whole, I understand that there's concerns about the defense in general. I just, these last two games, I have not watched this defense and been like, this defense is awful. This defense sucks. I think the bench defense is a problem. I just, I have not seen it in general that they, they have played bad defense in these two games. And I, I just, I haven't seen that. He is Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. See Sparky Fiber. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Of course, um, download the Green and Growing app on your Odyssey app. Every download your favorite podcast at, and you can also stream us live on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page as well. Uh, make sure to do that as well. Uh, okay, so let, let's move on and take a quick time out. We'll come back on the other side. Chris Middleton uh, became the third leading scorer on the Bucks all-time scoring list. So third on the list, passing Glenn Big Dog Robinson hit a shot there towards uh, the end of the game. Uh, let's talk about Middleton uh, and kind of how he's rem- remembered in Milwaukee maybe when this whole thing is said and done. That's next here on Green and Growing. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, it's Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250amthefan.com. Along with my guy, Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Follow him at Nathan Marzian. Uh, Chris Middleton with a basket late there in the game. Gets a third all-time on the Bucks scoring list, passing Glenn Big Dog Robinson. 
Uh, and I was debating in my head, okay, we can do Middleton versus Glenn, Big Dog Robinson. And then I'm like, oh, Nathan's a little young. He's not going to remember all of Big Dog's career necessarily. So we can't do that. But this is what is something I do want to do. So you're going to have, Giannis is going to have a statue. He's going to have his jersey retired, right? He might have a stadium named after him before this whole thing is said and done when they move into their new stadium after Pfizer. So he, he's going to get everything, right? He'll have a street. They may change the name of Milwaukee to Giannis. Who knows? But Chris Middleton is a guy, uh, as Nathan will agree with, who is a lightning rod amongst Bucks fans and has been a lightning rod forever. And Middleton played pretty good tonight as far as being able to score the basketball uh, when they needed him to. Now, having said that, how is this dude going to be remembered? I mean, are they going to retire his jersey? Is he going to get a statue? Like, how is this dude going to go down? Because Big Dog, when he was doing his thing, it was Ray versus Big Dog. You were either a Ray fan or a Big Dog fan. There was a small portion that were fans of both. But for whatever reason, before that whole thing broke up, you were a fan of one or the other. And people to this day still don't remember Glenn Robinson in the same light as they remember Ray Allen. Uh, not saying that you should ever remember Middleton in the same light as Giannis. Not saying that. Just how will he be remembered? Because right now, third all-time on the Bucks scoring list, that by itself, he should get way more praise and adoration than he currently does from Bucks fans, Nathan. He's always been extremely underappreciated by Bucks fans. And I get it. He's not the flashiest player. He's never been insanely consistent. He's going to have his dud. He's going to have his ugly moments. But um, he's always been so underappreciated because he's just such a a sturdy guy. He's such a, you know, he's been a 20 point per game, um, you know, five rebound, five assist guy for many years. Now the perfect number, number two for a while alongside Giannis and now a really good number three um, as he's gotten older. So obviously came through huge in that 2021 playoff run, which to me completely solidified his legacy. Like he's getting his Jersey retired. That is no doubt about it. Um, Chris is going to have his number in the rafters. You know, when you average, 26 a game or 25 a game in the finals, whatever it was at, you're getting your number retired. And and he's been, you know, again, I, I I've always been frustrated by how underappreciated he's been. Even before the whole title run, it was just like, this guy can be the number two. Like this guy can, you can win a title with this guy as your number two. Um, you know, you probably need a, a good number three too. You know, I don't think you can win just with Giannis and Chris. I don't think that's a good enough duo to win on its own, but I was always like, you can get a better third guy in here, which they did with Drew and win a title. And again, I I'm very pleased and grateful that Chris proved me right with that. And, you know, had that playoff run, even when Giannis went down with the injury, he came up huge and had a 30 point game to get them to the finals, had a 40 point game in the finals, you know, just what he's done throughout his career here. And then to do that also, you know, to win the title as well. It's like, he's on the bucks, Mount Rushmore. There is an argument to be made that, he, that he's like the third best or greatest buck of all time, not in terms of best player to ever play for the bucks, but just the greatest buck as far as what you accomplished with the bucks. Um, he's, he's one of the, you know, one of the greatest players in this franchise's history. And let's, it's take it to, in, let's take it to another step. People will say Scotty Pippen is in because of Michael Jordan. Scotty Pippen is one of the 50 greatest of all time because of Michael Jordan and all the championship rings he won. If the Bucs with Giannis and Middleton win another championship, is Chris Middleton a Hall of Famer? If he's, yeah. I mean, if he plays well and he's he's putting up near 20 a game in that series, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Now, think That's about true. that. I agree with you. Yeah, I agree. And I, I mean, again, I it, it when you say this stuff, like I say, you know, he's one of the best players in history. Like that doesn't, I know he has his ugly moments. I know he has his bad games. He was 
you know, he'll, he, he, he's always been like that. He's not, he's not a superstar player. He's not going to be great every single night, but just when you talk about an important piece on the, you know, this is the greatest stretch of Bucks basketball we've ever seen over an extended period of time here. Like this is the greatest six year stretch in Bucks history. And he has been the number two. And now for one year, number three guy in that stretch. Um, it's like, he's completely, you know, he's totally important to this whole thing. And he's been the guy that's been here since, you know, the, the bad days. That's another thing that I appreciate about him is him and Giannis both getting here at the same time, being here since they won 15 games in 2013. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's 11 years now here. Like that is to play 11 years with a franchise, win a title, average 20 a game multiple times, be a multi-time all-star, you know, have a finals run with where you're averaging 25. It's like a, a finals game where you play, where you put up 40, that stuff, not many guys can say they've done that with a franchise. And, um, you know, again, I, it's always frustrating me how underappreciated he's been and people constantly, you know, thinking they need to upgrade him or they need to move him and they need to get someone else. And then he had to deal with the injury stuff, which even further, you know, kind of overblew all that stuff of, oh, they need to get rid of him. He's old and injury prone and washed up and all that stuff. Um, it's like, I just, I'm, I'm glad he you know, shut that down for a little bit, at least in 2021, I thought it would be shut down forever after he had a, a such a great finals run and, and won them a title with Giannis. But I mean, we're back to doing it again, I guess. So, I mean, he's going to have to do it again for to really shut up the haters again, but Hey, I, I believe they can do it. It's funny. I just always think of the Jabari Parker impact and how this whole thing is different. Jabari never gets hurt. Um, and is the guy that everybody thought he was coming out of college, how Middleton probably isn't here long-term about Giannis and how long it takes him to actually become that dominant guy if Jabari's the guy they go to, you know, in those first couple of years to be that score because Giannis wasn't at that level yet when Jabari got here. And Giannis really didn't get to that level until but Jabari wasn't playing uh, and wasn't healthy, and that's kind of when he took off. It's just Jabari being hurt just kind of set all of this up to play out this way. Uh, and if it doesn't go that way and he ends up being the score that they thought he was going to be, now again, defensively, he didn't care. But I'm saying offensively, if he, had he been that guy that was going to score, you know, 22 to 25 a night or whatever it was, uh, Milton's probably not here. He's probably not there for the title run, probably never a part of it. And because of that injury, Giannis blows up and Middleton's able to show what he's got and they both stay. So pretty cool stuff. All right, we got one more segment coming up. I saw a tweet, I don't know if you saw it, Nathan, um, from In Giannis We Trust. And he put out, rank these players in terms of who you'd want on the Bucks, right? Uh, Deontay Murray, Bruce Brown, Kevin Herter, Quentin Grimes, uh, Matisse Seibel, Alex Caruso, Herb Jones. We'll see what Nathan Marzian says to that. Don't forget, uh, download us on your Odyssey app or we download your favorite podcast at. You can also stream us on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Don't forget, follow, like, subscribe, hit that bell for notifications. Back after this on Green and Growing. Hey, it's C. Sparky, 5 for 1250 AM, The Fan, along with my guy, Nathan Marzian. Follow him at Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Also, check out Nathan's, uh, what is it, Twitter Spaces, or is it X Spaces? What what are they called now? You're on Twitter. I'm surprised they, uh, Elon hasn't changed that Spaces thing to something else. Isn't he trying to go to the moon and whatever else he's trying to do in his spare time? Uh, okay, so Marzian, uh, this tweet or a uh, thing, and Giannis, we trust. Rank these players in terms of who you'd want on the Bucks: Deontay Murray, Bruce Brown, Kevin Herter, Quentin Grimes, Matisse Thibel, Alex Caruso, Herb Jones. Tell you what, we don't got to do all these. Just give me your top three guys that you would want. Your top three guys on that list who you'd want to see the Bucks get at the trade deadline. 
I'm glad you said three because there is a clear top three to me. And now I don't think these top three are realistic, but these are the three of these names. These are the uh, three. I mean, Lillard wasn't realistic either. We didn't think yeah. somehow or another yeah. horse figured that out. No, I know. I'm just saying I wouldn't. Ex I'm not predicting that they get any of these guys. Right. Um, but these the, the the top three to me are Alex Caruso, Herb Jones, and Bruce Brown. Like those are the three that to me are dream scenarios. Um, and, and again, I don't I don't expect those to go down, but I have those as my top three. And then I mean, I, I did I actually ranked all all I re I replied to his tweet and ranked them. So I had Caruso, Herb Jones, Bruce Brown. My next two are Quentin Grimes and Matisse Thibel, which I think are both realistic. Those, those are my most realistic ones in that group. Um, and those guys are both defenders, so I, I'll put them next. And then I have DeJounte Murray and Kevin Herter as my last two. DeJounte is interesting. I just don't know how the fit is. I don't trust the defense totally. And to me, I'm like, if I'm going to make a trade and make some type of splat, it has to be for defense. Like I, I just – and maybe Murray would be a better defender than I think, but for me, that's one that – would be interesting if they got DeJounte Murray. I wouldn't hate it, but I would not be like, oh my goodness, this is the missing piece we've needed. Um, and then Kevin Herter is more of just, he's a little bit too much of like a, like Pat Connaughton to me. He's a better yeah, Pat Connaughton. Cool. He's just too, he, he, he's a guy we kind of already have. Um, so I'm not really interested in him, but to me, the three ones that are like really good defenders, really, really good role players that I think are absolute, you know, best case scenarios for this team are Caruso, Herb Jones, and Bruce Brown. I would say uh, it would be Bruce Brown, Herb Jones for me. I just, I refuse. I, I can't get down with Caruso. Just like I couldn't get down with Della Vadova when that damn thing happened. I can't. I just, I don't like the guy. I can't stand him. I don't want him on my team. So I don't care about, I don't care about if he'll help the team or not. I just don't like him. So I can't put him on my list. Uh, so having Marcus said that, what'd you say? Smart. What about Marcus Smart? Absolutely not. No, I hate okay. him more than I hate Caruso. No, no, no. That's no, how no. I feel about Marcus Smart. Yeah, like, no, I don't, no, 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 no. I can't do it. Yeah, no, no. I know Marcus Smart either. No. And he may help the Bucks. I'm not saying he won't. Can't stand him. No. Uh, so my for me would be Grimes, just because I like the upside of Grimes and what he might be able to come. You know, they're trying to get younger uh, and try and build for the future a little bit here while still staying in the present. So I really like the Grimes deal if, if you can pull that off. Murray, I'm with you. I just don't know defensively what he gives you. Now, if they're looking at this saying, okay, well, we're not going to stop anybody anyhow. So we're going to have to outscore people. Uh, and maybe that means that Murray comes off the bench. I don't know. Uh, and Beasley starts and Murray becomes that sixth man. And you try and sell Murray. I mean, that sixth man, I don't think it's going to work. Uh, but you would have to make sure he's down for being that sixth man. I think before you make that deal, you can't make that trade and then get him here. And he goes, hell no, I'm not being the sixth man. I can finish games. You see what I did the other night? You know, do you see Trey Young calling for the ball? I was like, eh, I've got it. Goes down and boom, hits the game-winning shot, right? And he takes the glory. That's kind of where I think he wants to be. He wants to be kind of that guy uh, at the end. And you've already got that guy in Damian Lillard uh, at the end of games uh, already. But again, we talked about how bad this bench scoring is. He'd improve the scoring. Uh, but if he's got to be in the starting lineup, then I don't know, man. There's not enough basketballs to go around. There's just not between Middleton and Lillard and Giannis and Murray and Lopez. Oh, my God. Like, somebody's got to go to the bench and be that guy off the bench. Murray makes the most sense to be that guy off the bench. I just don't think he'll buy into it, Nathan. Yeah. Yeah, again, I that one, it just – it would really change a lot of things. And, again, I'm not 100% sure it makes you better. I just think it makes you different. I It could very well make them better. You know, I, again, I'm not they, – if they got DeJounte Murray, I would not be – totally upset about it it's just i wouldn't be thrilled either i'd be like i gotta wait and see what this looks like i do like grimes though and especially because he's you could probably get him 
for potentially like Marjan two seconds. Like that is a is a is a chance. You know, he's definitely he's only two million a year, so he's a cheap contract. Um, so that one's one of the more realistic ones that I like because yeah, he does play defense and you know he's shown the ability to shoot and be and be a little bit of a scorer as well. So um that would probably be if we're talking just realistic that I think they actually have a chance of uh, a pretty good chance of getting he might he would be my number one on this list. But as far as just straight up players like Caruso to me, I mean, I don't I don't love Caruso either, but as a play, just as a player and as a fit, um, I think he'd be perfect alongside Dame, you know, a, a guard that you can put there that is arguably the best point of attack defender in the league or one of them. And then Herb Jones, a fantastic wing defender, can shoot love a little Jones. Yep. And obviously, obviously, we've seen what Bruce Brown can do as yep. a role player, yep. being a great glue guy in the playoffs. So again, those three to me are like such proven great role players that I am I have to put them top three. Um as just like the guys that I feel like I there's almost no risk to me bringing guys like that in. It's just like I I'm almost just like that 100 percent makes you better. Whereas again, DeJounte Murray would be intriguing, but I'm like, I don't know if that 100 percent makes you better. And you might have to, I don't know what. If they get Murray, they might have to give up Brooke. Like, there's a chance that that's the case. And at that point, I'm like, I don't think that that's worth it. You know, I don't want to give up Brooke Lopez to get another, you know, ball handler scorer in here. I'd rather just get a defender, a, yeah. a, a nice defender on the wing and, and live with it. It's uh, Nathan Marzian. Follow him on uh, Twitter at Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio. That'll do it for another edition of Green and Growing. We're back at it again Thursday night. Download these bad boys Tuesday and Friday mornings. And, of course, on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page as well. Enjoy the rest of your day, evening, whatever the case may be while you're listening to this. Have a good one. Toodles.